Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and I want to talk with you guys about why I am praying over my title. I bet someone out there in the world of listeners and viewers of my blog or writings have questioned why I have this tagline that says, like, coming soon, YA novel, um, like, spring 2019 release, and I don't add the titles. It's on my website banner. I mean, there's a reason for that. <laughs> well, it's because the title hasn't been decided on yet. And someone may gasp at this. They're like, how do you have a contract? How are you getting published? And your book doesn't have a title. <laughs> how can this be? <laughs> like, shouldn't that have been one of the first things you decided on? Well, no, not really. Not all the time. In fact, when I'm working with my kids at school, in the high school, and we're writing, that's one of the things they get hung up on. Well, I don't know what the title's going to be. So they stop writing. Seriously, God, I'm not making it up. They'll get, like, stuck. And I'll be like, don't worry about that. It will come later. And I just, you know, give them advice to just keep writing. Do not let this, the title just kind of impede your progress. And finally, they listen to me, and they write. And then, sure enough, by the end of the piece... A title will just organically appear. It will be from something that stands out somewhere, a word they might have used, a, a play on words of the of the meaning or something, and it'll stick out. But it's not often at the very beginning. And I don't know where high school students kind of are conditioned to this because I see it more than you recognize. Like maybe it's an elementary thing or a, a middle school, you know, habitual teacher pick a title or they see the journal prompts always so they always are kind of starting with the title in their mind but with me I had a title but I had to drop it and I really you know I really put thought into what that title was I didn't just like randomly pick it but I will tell you that once I was kind of stepping outside and looking at it through the publishing lens, not just the author lens, I realized that the title was actually more negative than good. And you don't want to leave that like as a lasting impression um, with your readers when they're going around talking about it with people, or you don't even want something to deter them from picking up the book. Now, I don't know what grabs you guys when you go to the library or go to a bookstore, but covers grab me. Like, I'm, I'm a cover person. I like the cover art. Um, sometimes titles will grab me. I, I will say I lean more towards covers. Some people say they lean towards, you know, titles, and if the title grabs them, then they'll read the back and they'll go. Um, so, right now... If you would happen to see my book, it would say working title. So I had a conversation with an author before I even got a contract. And I'm so grateful that I did because it really inspired me. And when people speak to me, I'll take pieces of what they say and I'll hold on to them. So if I've told you this before, it's just because this is something that was really a standout for me that gave me some comfort. So an author told me that he went through tons 
of edits. I'm talking about double-digit edits with his New York publishing house, a major publishing company with an editor before he got the book ready for publication. And it was just this back-and-forth dance. And he really had to make cuts and changes and, you know, not even minor ones, like take out backstories. And and when I heard that, I understood that things like this happen and that I needed to be open about it and know that it can happen to me too. You know how everybody says, well, that's not going to happen to me. My my book's going to get up there. It's going to be absolutely perfect. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. No matter how much we do. And even with me, for example, I'm, I pushed out a book um, this summer, and it's a YA horror. So I've had my beta readers look at it. I have one person say, well, this title is really not the best title. <laughs> it was hilarious because... When they said it, I didn't mean for it to be, like, the best title. I meant it for to be, like, if you saw the title, just for my beta readers, they would know that it was going to be about an exorcist. And, you know, maybe it did look like a movie title, and I just changed it around a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, you know, why I did that. I spent, like, two seconds. And it was because I'm in the middle of my editing season, uh, with my publishing company, and I know that the title is up for grabs, so I was not going to sit there and spend umpteen time figuring out and wrestling with is this the best work you know title that would work when I know that those are discussions that can come later. So I went straight in for content, straight in for my story. So I've I I had my reasoning behind it, but they don't know that. Um. Okay, so for me, what happened when I was told that my title just wasn't going to work? The shock value wasn't there. I wasn't sad. I love constructive criticism. And I really think when you go through uh, any type of thesis work, whether it's your, um, like a grueling critique, like for my dissertation, for example, it was like grueling, like my committee, I had a New York University professor on my committee, and um, she was huge in feminist studies, and I was, my dissertation is on single mother well-being. And so, I mean, trust me, when I tell you I had a grueling process, I came out of that so much better. Like, my work, after going through it, even though it was very stressful, the work quality increased dramatically. So I love constructive feedback because I understand and I fully accept and trust that when I place my hands to a publisher, I am trusting them with my work. And they're not out to make my work horrendous because then it won't sell. They're out to make my work just like how my dissertation committee was, to make it where it's publishable, where now I can go and contact, you know, journals scientific journals and research journals and say, look at this work. And they'll say, wow, that's some quality stuff. <laughs> um, and I already know it's going to go through rounds because this is a part of the business. 
And so if we don't research the business side, or if we don't go out and actually hear the voices of other authors that have been on this journey before us, I think that we set ourselves up. You know, we're walking into this stuff blind then. So do the research. Get out there and type in, like, what's the publishing process? What is the editing rounds? What does an editor do for you? Um, And we need to be constant researchers of this field. And then when we get information, we share it with other authors because, you know, we're here to support each other. We want everyone to get their books out there so more and more kids can read or more and more adults can have, you know, access to this printed text that's in our head that goes out. I mean, it's not like I'm going to learn something. I'm going to hide it from the world because I've got some kind of secret knowledge. (laughs) No, you study and research enough for nothing to secret, right? (laughs) But let's share it out. Because we want to do this life for the duration. Remember, it's not a hobby. It's a calling. And so when changes come at us, whether it's our title change or, you know, if it's something in the book, and as long as it doesn't go against our moral fiber, you know, we're compromising and we're going back and forth. We're committing ourselves to this with a full and open heart. And when we have that positive mindset about it, and an understanding of the business behind it and the principles behind it, and to know they're out for our best interest, for the collective, you know, then we can take it on. And it's not a personal attack if somebody tells you your title sucks. I mean, honestly, when that beta reader told me that, I didn't sit there and say, well, how dare she say that? You know, the exorcism of Abriana Hartwell is the worst title ever. <laughs> Okay, well, it was her opinion, and she was right, and I spent two to four seconds coming up with it. Has it however many, however long it takes me to type in the exorcism of Abriana Hartwell? I mean, I understand that. So as soon as my title is revealed, I will share very excitedly with everyone, and you guys share it out there with the world for me, because um, I know it's going to be special. Because I've prayed for it. I will tell you a tip that I did. So, like, I had to completely just scratch the other title that I chose. Then I started, um, before approaching the publishing house again, I created a Survey Monkey. Now, I had Survey Monkey for my data collection, so I was on a paid plan for that. But you can do the free version. You just have to... Um, You can't have more than 20 questions, but you don't need that anyway. I think it's 20 for the free plan. You have to check it out. But um, I created a survey, and I put it out there with my Facebook family and friends. And I was like, you know, which title resonates with you? What would make you want to pull a book off the shelf if you saw this title? And so I had come up with a list of titles. And secretly, I had, like, my favorite of the group, but I wasn't wanting to do that this time around because my favorite the last time was bad. (laughs) Um, And it ended up being one of the top three. So I sent top three suggestions, and I said, but, you know, we're totally open for compromise, but these are some suggestions that I, you know, that I did consider because I did not want to just act like I didn't care because I do care about my work, like, tremendously you guys know that and I I wanted it to reflect a positive message so I had to reframe my thinking on it and say okay we've got to think of positive words um 
So when I sent it for consideration, I still had a clear understanding that those might not even be picked at all. But I didn't want my editor to think that I wasn't contemplating that. Because I was. And I will, help, I will tell you what helps me. When I get in times of uncertainty and up in the air and, you know, I can make two choices. I can worry about it and then my anxiety and stress level increases. I do often have stress headaches, I know. Or I can do the opposite. I can pray. And trust me, you're going to go off a lot farther when you choose the latter. Just pray through uncertainty. I want to tell you all how much I appreciate the platform of this podcast because when I started this thing out, I was like, you know, this is my personal journey. I'm going to take my readers and author friends and you know, with me on this, and I'm going to do it as a, you know, almost like a documentary of sorts, my journal, my diary, out for the world. And I'll tell you that this writing life, it's not easy, just like any other career, you know, has its challenges, but it's a beautiful life. So I challenge you to encourage another writer today by praying for them. Now, you don't have to go out there, and you don't have to, like, make it public and, and put on Twitter, you know, I prayed for you today, Sarah Dresson. You know, you don't have to say that. You don't have to say, I prayed for you today, Stephen King. You don't have to tell them you're praying for them, but do it. We all need a little prayer every now and then. I would like for us to pray together a Bible verse found in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Dear Heavenly Father, let the title of our works reflect your message. As our books are written to glorify you, God. Amen and amen. So write something inspiring today and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. Have a blessed day.